It is Wednesday, so that means it's time for our Midweek Money Talks report with Michael Campbell. Oil prices, interest rates, and proposed trade deals dominate the headlines. I'm joined now by the host of Canada's number one rated financial show, Michael Campbell. Good afternoon, Michael. Hey, Shane. Uh, let me ask you first, there was so much talk about uh, U.S. interest rates and that they were going to finally start uh, moving uh, upwards. Maybe that's not the case, though. Yeah, well, you're absolutely right. I mean, you came into right through the summer, you're coming into September, the big will they, won't they raise interest rates in the States, for example. Then they didn't, and then it became immediately, okay, well, they'll do it in December. I think that's off the table right now. I just looked at, you know, I mean, everybody had a look at that employment number last week. It's very mediocre, and uh, I just don't see it. And when you come to Canada, I mean, there's nothing even on the horizon there, but it's the same kind of thing. We're in a slow-growth world. We're in a high-tax environment in most, regu- uh, in most Western nations, high-regulatory environment. That is not the recipe for growth. In Canada's case, for example, we actually need the U.S. to pick up because, of course, they're our main export market. So we're hoping that they do better, but it looks like they're you know, just sort of a B-minus. Uh, well, not even that. I think they're a C-plus at best. So I don't think the pressure to raise rates is anything even what people thought even a month ago. You know, Michael, you would think, though, that with money being so cheap to borrow, and I guess that's the idea, that that would stimulate something. Yeah, absolutely right. But I think what's happened, Shane, is that, first of all, a lot of individuals are being more cautious. A lot of businesses are being more cautious. The other thing is the money has been borrowed, but what have they done with it? In a lot of cases, when you look at the invest, uh, sorry, the, the corporate world, well, they've bought back their own shares, that kind of stuff. But they haven't had the confidence to go out and spur uh, you know, new manufacturing plants, for example. Why? Because where are the consumers going to come from? They're certainly not coming out of Asia with all the problems in China, not coming out of uh, Europe because, of course, they're flatlining in terms of economic growth. So, no, it hasn't. This is one of the big stories, that they've got these record low interest rates, and clearly it hasn't translated into any kind of thing that would be resembling robust growth. Uh, let's uh, change the pace a little. And speaking of uh, robust uh, growth, it seems that oil prices rebounded a little bit over the last uh, week or so, and we're getting some folks suggesting that the uh, bottom in oil may be in place. What do you say? Well, it's actually back to our other question, too. I mean, that's why the Canadian economy has had trouble. It's been this huge impact of declining oil and declining resource prices in general. And, uh, yeah, when it comes to oil, I-, I think it's optimistic. You know, obviously markets gyrate. You know, we go down, we go up a little bit. But a couple of things I think I'm willing to bet pretty heavily on is, one, we're not going to see any kind of a high trading range. Even when we do bottom, we're not going to come back and sort of trade in a range that brings us back up to the 90 or $100. I think that's a heck of a long way off, if ever. Uh, the other thing, though, is that, hey, look, we just got numbers out of the states today, or the, the overall market, is that we've got huge supply, again, outstripping even the best forecasts or the most optimistic forecasts. So we're not having any supply change here. I, I know that some of the price rises and anticipation of problems in the U.S. production, that will finally get some rigs off the kind of production uh, line, but that hasn't happened yet, and as I say, today's numbers just tell us it's not even close. I mean, big supply. That's hardly the backdrop for a big move in oil. Uh, you know, it's surprising. I remember when, when the bottom fell out of oil originally when it was so high, you, you felt the impact right away at the pump as a consumer. Uh, that's not the deal anymore. Well, one of the reasons is, of course, all the oil prices are quoted in U.S. dollars. The Canadian dollar, yeah, it's had a little rally here from 75 into 77, kind of, but basically the Canadian dollar is down so dramatically that it ate up 
a heck of a lot of the price decline. So that's one of the big reasons. We're starting to get a little relief at the pump. Now, keep in mind, because, you know, gasoline is a refined product. We're finally into that part of the season that isn't having big demand for heating oil, and yet we started to slow down our driving. So that's why you're seeing a little bit of respite at the pump at this point. Okay, let's talk a little bit about the Trans-Pacific trade deal for a moment. Uh, For those that aren't familiar, including maybe myself, can you put it in perspective for us? Well, I'm going to get a flak jacket and a helmet on first. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, we're talking about a 12-nation deal. Uh, you know, that's got 800 million people, potential consumers, 40% of the world economy. But the thing is this, keep in mind, Canada already has trade agreements with the U.S. and Mexico, Peru, for example, but we're already in there. But at the same time, the fact that the U.S. is in there kind of makes it uh, inevitable that we had to be at that point. But, you know, in a nutshell, consumers are going to be the big winner any time that you reduce tariffs, and that's what this, t- this deal talks about doing. Uh, who doesn't like it? Well, it's going to be any industry that's be- getting protected from competition because this is certainly going to increase the competitive landscape. Now, the majority of Canadian businesses love that. They, they would love to get out there and compete, have the tariffs lower. I know, for example, the cattle farmers are thrilled to get an opportunity to get into that Japanese market further. They've got a 38.5% tariff on Canadian beef coming in. So our cattle ranchers are thrilled about this opportunity. So are grain farmers, etc. But protected industries, we've heard a lot about dairy. We've heard a lot about uh, auto. They're not thrilled about it. But, again, they're getting compensated, too, by the way. I think it's a billion dollars for the auto and $4.3 billion over 15 years for the dairy. And that's simply for opening up around 3.5% extra in the marketplace to foreign competition. So I don't think they're too poorly off. But really the bottom line is consumers will like it. Protected industry will not. Uh, one last question uh, for you. A quick answer if you can. It's probably hard. What do you think the biggest misconceptions in the federal campaign are when it comes to, I guess, economic issues? Yeah, a lot. A big list on this was. Let me start. Let me just give you a couple of quick ones. Uh, one, the whole thought that government controls the economy is an absurdity. I mean, there's 36 million Canadians. There's 320 million U.S. who are going to buy our exports. You got the China situation. We're buying our commodities. That's nonsense. They don't control the economy. Same thing. They don't control jobs either. They can create an environment for job creation, either positive or negative, that's for sure. Uh, Trade agreements are very positive for jobs, for example. But no, they don't ultimately do that. And the other thing, just very quickly, Shane, there are three levels of government. So whatever, you know, whether it's the NDP or the Liberals or the Conservatives did at the federal level, that can be sabotaged or enhanced by what they're doing at the provincial level, what they're doing at the municipal level. Just saw today, for example, in Calgary, three big groups have come together to complain about uh, the lobbying by Edmonton and Calgary's uh, city councils to be able to tax more. There's a great example. So whatever happens on the federal level has to be taken in conjunction with what's going on provincially and municipally. Michael, thanks so much for your time as always. Nice to talk to you. That's Michael Campbell, host of Canada's number one rated financial show, and that was Money Talks, our midweek report.